What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of Free Flow Friday, a timey efficient episode where we discuss popular topics, current events, and the latest and greatest within health, fitness, and mindset. Today, I welcome back Invictus founder CJ Martin. Welcome back, man. Hey, thanks, buddy. Really excited to chat with you today. We concluded semifinals over the weekend. There were some really exciting events. And um, what were your thoughts on the basic landscape of semifinals with two events kind of being consistent across each one and then the wide array of variety within all of the other things that they tested? Yeah, I I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, I think that it's nice to have a couple of, you know, consistent data points. Um, I thought that the the ones that they picked are interesting workouts, right? You, they're both very short, um, right. Or power-based in the, in the weightlifting event. Um, and, but that short workout, especially the legless rope climbs, you saw just wreak some havoc across multiple, um, multiple semifinals. So, um, I liked those. I thought that was interesting. It was interesting to get a number on the barbell complex, um, where you can look at where general strength trends are, which, you know, we've acknowledged for years as the women are far outpacing the males, mm-hmm. um, in strength gains and improvements The the males are still relatively stagnant from what they've been for the last, I don't know, call it four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, those numbers haven't, um, in, in terms of the, like that barbell complex, haven't gone crazy. Uh, the snatch numbers have, we saw that. That was that's an interesting, um, interesting kind of anomaly to me is that I would have thought, based on what you're seeing in average snatch numbers, that maybe that complex we would have got a, a little bit higher, like median or average load. Um, but it was cool to see. Like it's nice when you have some data points that you can you know kind of track, um, and then you know with the semifinals getting their flexibility and freedom i think you have to have that because otherwise there's not much in this for event organizers mm-hmm. um but you know i thought i thought it made for some really cool workouts and then it made for some others that you know may not have had the most balanced programming but um uh, but i thought i thought it was great you know great to see all the semifinals uh, happen and get our list and you know i guess there's still this last chance qualifiers which i admittedly have mixed feelings about um both uh both just as you know how you qualify to something and then um you know just kind of this concept of like hey normally you get one crack at this thing uh totally and so to unpack a that a little bit what are your thoughts on the strategic placement of the two workouts that we saw across the semifinals where at granite games we saw the legless rope climb right at the end which pulled yeah. someone like chloe out of the top five, like where does it matter where the, these events kind of fall? If the strength event is earlier in the weekend, athletes aren't quite as beat up, may put up bigger numbers. What are your thoughts? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, and we talk about it every year. It's like, you know, depending on where the strength event, right. If you recall back in 2015, right. There was a strength based event, right. I think it was a clean and jerk. If I, if I recall correctly, right after Murph. Right? Mm-hmm. We're in the back with guys that I've seen put up 365 
missing 295 in the back, you know, yeah. um, because it was that Murph where it was 140 degrees ambient temperature on the field. And, you know, these guys are smoked, right? And that always bums me out because I think competitions are a great time to highlight athletes and show what they're capable of and show all the hard work. Um, and so anytime you get them in that depleted of a state, I think it's tougher. Um, I think most of the semifinals did a pretty good job putting the barbell complex somewhere where it wasn't going to be, you know, at the very end of the event, mm -hmm. you know, they're already smashed. Um, and I have to admit, I like the legless rope climb as the last workout, right? Because to me, it is the workout. I mean, it can be pass fail. And mm -hmm. like, if you fail, it's brutal. Right. Like you're, you're going to see people drop in 50, 60 points against other competitors if, if it's a bad workout for them. And so there's a little bit of intrigue that goes with that. Right? I also like and the cognitive maturity that comes with that, where it's like right around round seven, you start having that internal doubt of, should I jump up sooner? Should I, should I jog back and shake out my arms? Should I chalk a little bit longer? Because if you fail, the time that it takes to jump back on that rope is very expensive. Yeah. It's, it's one of my favorite ways to program workouts too, right? Like we have a, a workout um, called consistency, right? And, you know, it's, it's very simple. It's like burpees over a barbell and then two snatches. But you have to pre-select your load, mm. right? And you have to complete what I forget. I think it's a total of 30 snatches or something like that over the course. And then you sum up your, um, you know, your total load successfully lifted. But you can only take those two attempts in each, you know, minute or whatever. And it's like, you know, and we always put the note is like, it's not what you can do once. It's what you can do repeatedly that matters, mm -hmm. right? And so, um I, I love that it forces athletes, right, in the same way that this legless rope climb, it forces athletes to really understand themselves. Mm -hmm. What am I capable of? If I go way too far outside my window, I risk a massive failure. If I'm way too conservative, then I might be laying up and not even giving myself a chance, mm -hmm. right? So it, it forces athletes to find that sweet spot. I think it's, it's brilliant and it, uh, it tests more than just your physical ability. I love that, man. Don't give away too many of our secrets. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, with that being said, man, games prep is underway. That's always an exciting time of year, especially having the uh, fortunate circumstances of being in beautiful San Diego where training kind of pivots a little bit more outside. We start seeing a little bit more strong, man. Uh, what do you expect from, from games prep and what are you most excited about there in that arena? Yeah. Um, it's always such a fun time of year because you do, you get to spend a ton of time outdoors and, um, and this team in particular, I mean, between Josh, Jorge, Britt and Devin, they've just like, they've gelled so well. There's so much fun. There's not, um, uh, you know, there's not any ego. It's like, they're all in it for them for the team. Um, and it's just really cool to see. So it'll be really fun just to be, you know, outdoors, making them do terrible things. You know, I know we'll have some, you know, long arduous runs, probably a lot of soft sand work and, um, all sorts of stuff just to make it fun and, and different for them. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, I think, it, you know, just, just getting to switch up the training, um, where it's not, all the time in the gym working on fine tuning, you know, the, the little technical stuff, 
but also getting out and, you know, really having some fun with our fitness. And, and we are lucky to do that year round here pretty much, but um, there's always, you know, a lot more of it as we, as we come into uh, games focus. Totally. What role does the element of, of strongman training kind of play in the current set of training protocols in comparison to what we see in, in, in the lead up a little bit? What kind of toys do we, do we expect to play with? And obviously at Granite Games, we saw that n- new version of a sled. You know, we may see different torque tank style modalities. What are your thoughts on the implementation of different styles of toys to kind of play with? Dude, I, I love it. I mean, I love it for several reasons, but um, one, odd objects force athletes to be adaptable. And it forces, you can't just be great with a barbell and then expect to go to games and, and perform, right? Um, and so I love that. I think it really tests athleticism. Um, but actually, Eric Carmody and I were talking about this because um, I was asking him like, how he was feeling. And I said, you know, one of the nice things that they've done by incorporating more strongman is that it takes a lot, a lot of the eccentric loading out for athletes, right? Where we used to have events I mean, you could, in the course of a weekend, accumulate 800 squatting exercises or something, right? Well, now a lot of those have been replaced, or at least one of those events seems to have been replaced by a, a, a heavy push on a sled or a, a heavy carry or you know something like that, where it's, it's still challenging your fitness. I mean, arguably more of a challenge to your fitness. Um, it's super interesting to a spectator because you can see visually where somebody is versus if they're just squatting in space. Right. Um, and, and it's easier on the athlete's body, right? It feels worse while you're doing it, but your recovery from it is, is much easier. And so, um, I think it's really positive to see more strongman stuff. Um, and I, you know, I personally enjoy it. You may have a different perspective, we do a lot of it, right? And especially on the games teams you were on, you know, Julian was uh, was a pretty uh, you know important part of our training piece and was down here in San Diego with us. What were the uh, aspects that that you liked, and what were the aspects that you dreaded <laughs> when we? I would highly go into those? agree with you, to be honest. Especially in retrospect, uh, the decreased eccentric loading was always very helpful in managing soreness. However, I will say like the, the generalized fatigue was significantly higher. Uh, the central nervous system impact was very, very high, especially because the way we structured it on Wednesdays, whereas Wednesday morning, really challenging strongman, followed by typically some sort of 30-minute EMOM or mindset piece that uh, mentally put us into the ground, but in retrospect was very, very helpful. Also, something that I think Julian did a really good job of, which I think it's a little bit um, knocked to the side, is the implementation of really heavy grip work. And I think Mm -hmm. very similar to like how Muay Thai fighters deaden the nerves within their shins, I think some of those really heavy carries deaden some of the nerves in my hands where when I got to pull-ups then, Mm -hmm. it was less about the rhythm and the breathing pattern, but more like my grip is not an issue anymore. So I can hang on for 15 to 20 chest bars within the minute and not really be too phased. And that's a modality that I think is, is lost a little bit in training where people are doing longer time under tension carries with things like kettlebells. But I think the farmer carry handles and some of the 
cognizant challenges to carry sandbags for a distance teach you the skill mm -hmm. of endure, which, I mean, you can look yeah. at Goggins, you can look at some of the most profound endurance athletes in the world. And, you know, you look at the Invictus engine program, you look at the most successful CrossFitters in the world, and they have that unique skill to be calm, patient, and endure discomfort for the long haul. And so I'm really excited for our current team to experience that because I don't think that's something you can discuss necessarily in the gym. You have to go through it to truly understand. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we had we had one fun session. I, I wasn't there, unfortunately. I was out of town that weekend, but um, I got to hear about it from Holden and Hunter um, and the other teammates. But uh, Josh Alchama, yep. they went out to a field, and there was so, a lot of running and some Yep, I was there. That was and, fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, so you could probably speak to it. But, you know, this is a guy that we hadn't seen struggle in the gym he's very good on machines mm -hmm. he's very good with you know crossfit technical stuff and then it was like they got out a little bit of heat a little bit of run i think there was a vest involved mm -hmm. right and so, some awkward movements and uh and it was you know he had a little pity party for a day and he bounced back but um I think those are the challenges that we want to see in the in the lead up to games because games is not going to be your you know typical open quarterfinals or even semifinals. We expect to see very different things at games every year. Totally. That famous quote, fatigue makes cowards of us all. And yeah. when you're the bigger guy on the worm, you can't be married to always being on the male back. Your low back's going to get beat up a little bit. It's time under tension. You've got this vest on that's constricting your breathing. And that was such a great moment for the team where, you know, yes, at the onset, there's a little bit of bickering and then it becomes problem solving. And then it becomes, hey, we, there's no negotiating. We started this, we finished this and we finished this together. And I think that is, you know, one of the special moments that comes from doing unorthodox things where I don't really care about the outcome and the time. I care right. about how you got there. And I, I think that's definitely a huge mindset component that we can gather from Invictus that comes from the top down with you. And as we conclude things, you had a very uneventful weekend where you got to connect with some really cool people up in LA. One of those people being the founder of CrossFit LA, Kenny Kane. And he's he's been in the space for a very long time. You and he have kind of crossed paths quite a bit. What kind of took place with, within these conversations that I think are just like we talk about on the team side of things where there need to be conversations to move the needle in the right direction. I think from the affiliate standpoint, there need to be conversations about the who, how, when, what uh, in order to keep operations and logistics seamless. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, Kenny. So Kenny actually, he bought CrossFit LA from Andy Petronic, but mm -hmm. he it's been it's been many years and uh Kenny, um, Kenny's been a good friend for a long time. Um, he's like, uh, I mean, he's a super smart dude. He's got great life experience. Um, and he's brought this all in a way that, that we, you know, we have a ton of alignment on about when you're coaching people, the person is the most important thing, right? The physicality of what you have them do comes after that. Right. And so it's really, hey, how do you reach the person? How do you make sure that all of the things that have to be in place outside of the gym 
are aligned for them to succeed inside the gym and in whatever athletic pursuit they're doing. Um, and he's just got, you know, and, and, and we will definitely have him on a full Invictus mindset because he has so much to share on how he's really created structure around this. Um, and so Kenny got a chance to present this to a group of CrossFit affiliate owners. Um, and he hosted them up at CrossFit LA and, um, it was just, it was awesome. It was awesome because you really see the depth of care, um, that, you know, Kenny puts into his, his members and his coaching and the development of his staff. Um, it's, it was amazing. And that he, he did, he said one thing. Um, I wrote it down so I didn't forget, but, um, and I, Bryce, I think you'll appreciate this because we were asked how people would describe us as gym owners. Um, and I, I thought Kenny kind of nailed it because it's the same way that I think is like, my job is to keep the team together and their job is to keep growing. Mm, right? I love that. And, uh, and that's, that's very similar to how we've always done things like, Hey man, Bryce, if you come to me and you tell me I've got this great idea, nine times out of 10, I'm going to be like, Let's run at it, dude. Right. We're going to, my job is to make sure that you guys all have the support you need and a pathway to success, right. To do that. And ultimately it's better for the whole gym. Um, if we can do that, if everything's a dead end and people are, you know, can't find a path and they're ending up leaving, right. Then I'm not doing my job of keeping the team together and the team can't grow. Right. So it was cool when he said that it just like was this, yeah, that's exactly what we do, right? As as a gym owner, or at least you know, for me philosophically, every gym owner is slightly different. But uh, when he said that, I was like, "Man, that's so money!" Because people ask, like, uh, you know, what do I do on a day to day? I'm like, I, I'm not even sure I could tell you every day. <laughs> very different. But at the end of the day, it's like, hey, how can I keep my team together, and how can I ensure that they keep growing? I love that, man. So much power and magic comes from the mixing of minds and spending unique philosophical time with one another that's a little bit outside of the weeds. Thank you so much for sharing and giving some of your insight around semifinals, games training, and a little bit of the business of fitness. I look forward to having Kenny Kane on a future episode. For those of you listening, if you enjoyed my conversation with CJ today, please rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends. Thanks so much, CJ. And for those of you listening, stay on the hunt for who you've not yet become. Take care, guys.